So often if we're going through a difficult situation, we almost pull back. No, if you're angry, tell God you're angry. If you're broken, tell God you're broken. We think about prayer. Sometimes we grow up in a house where prayers are said before dinner. Uh, Bless us, O Lord, for these thy gifts, which we are about to receive through Christ our Lord. Amen. Or, uh, you know, flippantly, rub-a-dub-dub, thanks for the grub, yay God. And yet (laughs) prayer is something that Jesus did. He commands us to do. Um, How has your understanding of prayer grown over the years? Well, you're right. Mine started off, um, I was born in a little fishing town on the west coast of Scotland, and my grandfather would lead prayer after Sunday lunch, and it was always for what we're about to receive. May the Lord make us truly thankful. Truly. So I thought there were correct words, but as I've grown in my own faith, I realized that it's not about, in fact, John Bunyan said it better. He said, it's better to have a heart with no words than words with no heart. I think God listens to our heart. And that's what I've discovered. Prayer is this ongoing conversation with the one who knows us best and loves us most. Hmm. I I love that. Um, What do you think are some of the, the reasons that people don't pray? I think one of the main reasons is if they've prayed before and God didn't seem to answer in a way Mm. that they hoped he would. I remember having a discussion with a woman who said, you said two things on the platform tonight and they can't both be true. And I said, what did I say? And she said, you said that God is all powerful, sovereign, and God is love. And I said, I believe both of those. And she said, well, I've buried two sons. So you're going to have to pick one. Mm. Either God is almighty and I've buried two sons so he's not loving, or he is loving and he would want to intervene but he wasn't powerful enough to do. And that, Kirk, to me, is the greatest challenge of faith, living with those two truths to be true, and yet not always understanding the way that God works. Yeah. And and, and that's a picture of what we see at the cross, isn't it? Yeah. We see an all-powerful God who has not only allowed, but sent his son to suffer and die on the cross. But the result is salvation for the whole world. So maybe God knows something in all of this that we don't. Yeah. And, you know, I think... For me, the, th- the greatest gift of prayer is knowing, A, that, I mean, when I wake up every morning, my, as soon as I'm aware of being wake, awake, I'll say, good morning, Lord. I don't know where you're going today, but wherever you are going, I am coming with you. And I see it as this adventure, not as this, it used to be on my to-do list. I was raised as a, you know, little Baptist Scottish girl and prayer was on my to-do list and my quiet yeah. time. Now it's on my who I am list. It's like the Mm. thought that I get to talk to the one who's holding everything, no matter what the news said, the one who's holding everything in place, Mm. the one who's in control and who wants to communicate with me, that just blows my mind. I gotta remember that. Taking prayer off my to-do list and putting it on on my who I am list, that's great. I I love that. I think it was Charles Spurgeon who said, uh, and it's usually Charles Spurgeon who says Usually, yeah, good good chance. John Bunyan's good too. But he's, he said something like, when I cannot trace the hand of God, I can always trust his heart. Yeah, absolutely. And I think one of the things about the life of Christ that is humbling to me, I have a hard time reading this passage because Christ shows us how to pray when it's hardest to pray. Hmm. You know, in the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus doesn't pretend that the road ahead is gonna be easy. He's fully God and he's fully man. And so, he literally sweats blood. It's a condition known as hemotohydrosis. And the other place it shows up today is when people are being walked to their execution. He was in absolute agony of soul. So what did he do? He processed his pain 
in the presence of his father. He didn't, he poured everything out. Mm. And to me, when you tell God the whole truth, you make space for grace. So often if we're going through a difficult situation, we almost pull back. No, if you're angry, tell God you're angry. If you're broken, tell God you're broken. And I, I have discovered, and you know what I learned at most? On the floor, night one in a psychiatric hospital, when I had come to the end of myself, and I actually wrote in the back of my Bible that night, I never knew you lived so close to the floor. I'm used to praising God and His majesty as we should, but Psalm 34 said the Lord is close to the brokenhearted mm. and cares for those who have lost the, the will to live. Sheila, why do you think prayer is important to God? Why does He want prayer from His children so much? He knows what we're thinking and feeling and knows what we need. He's sovereign and all these things. Why, why does He make it such a big deal? I think it's a couple of things. I think one, it shows trust. It's like saying, I don't want to take a step today without you. No matter where I'm going, I'll, I'll pray every morning, God, give me eyes to see what I'm going to miss today. Mm. Give me ears to hear what behind what somebody's saying to what's really going on in their heart. But you know what I find fascinating? Our son went to Texas A&M, and when we would go up and watch football games or visit him, we stayed in this one particular hotel because we loved the fragrance. You walk through the doors and it's this fragrance throughout the whole building. Do you know that God has chosen prayer as the fragrance for heaven? Mm. You read about it in Psalms and Revelation that the angels hold these great giant bowls of incense before the Lord and they're the prayers of His people. Mm. When I'm sick, I look for a prayer warrior and we, we hear that <laughs> phrase a lot. Um, boy, she's a prayer warrior. Go talk to her. There was a movie that my friends, uh, the Kendricks made called War Room. And it was all about this, this woman who she would just go to battle in her mm -hmm. prayer closet with candles and notes on the walls and everything like that. Is that a real concept, a prayer warrior? What does it mean to be a prayer warrior today? Well, the funny thing is after that movie, my husband and I both thought we'd try that and we cleared out the closet. Me too. Niece. Yes. But when my candle set fire to the prayer <laughs> things on the wall, it was a disaster. I think God calls each one of us to, you know, to different places. I mean, I pray when, my, like my husband, he prays for our family when he takes our dogs for a walk at night. He walks around our, all our neighborhood and he lifts up our son, Christian, mm. and he prays for me. I have different type, types of prayer. Like the, I have a list of people that I'm praying intently for, and I will get down on my knees and I will beseech heaven on their behalf. But for me, most of the time, it's just talking mm. with my father, the one who's in control. What about when someone stops praying because they feel that God isn't hearing them? How, how can you encourage someone to pray differently so that it, it, it awakens real faith? That's a great question because I did a survey one night on Facebook and I said, okay, when I say the word prayer, what comes to mind? And some of the answers were predictable, like I feel like I just repeat myself over and over or I get distracted. I'm halfway through praying and I think, right. did I defrost the chicken? But other things... Or were, I fall asleep. Yes, <laughs> fall asleep, yes, a holy nap. Yeah, but sometimes it's more than that. You think, is God really listening? Mm -hmm. But I promise you, you might not always receive the answer that makes sense to you, but God is always listening. God is for us and there's nothing that delights him. And you know, sometimes I take a chair and I sit it in the middle of our room. This is usually if my husband's out and I just sit in the presence of my father and I just sit there being aware that I'm loved. Mm. I always have words 
but I always have him. My wife in the morning takes our dogs out for a walk, and one of the things that she always does is she stands beside this big oak tree and she prays. And I just see her out there with her hands raised, wow. and she's praying for our children, she's praying for our um, health, our family, everything. And I find for me, what you said is, is like, maybe I don't have a chair sitting in the middle of the room, but I like to just sit on a rock outside at night under a starry sky and just ponder the vastness of space and saying, God yeah. knows the name of that star out there. And to think that that tiny little speck of light really isn't tiny, it's bigger than our sun. It just is that far away. And he can see me yeah. and he hears me. Yeah. And just to have a conversation with someone that powerful, yeah. it cares, that's life changing. And I've discovered a lifetime is not too long to pray. Sometimes we give up because we've been praying for a spouse or a child to come back to the faith. There was a, a, a man from way up in the north of Scotland. His name was Angus. And I used to go to our Tuesday prayer meeting every night in Scotland and Angus prayed for the salvation of his wife. And she would come to coffee mornings, but wouldn't come to church. And one day Angus took my brother and I up in his little plane all the way up to the Shetland Islands and took us to the church where he went as a, as a wee boy. Mm. And we were sitting there looking up at this beautiful stained glass window. And I said to Angus, Angus, does it ever bother you that God hasn't answered your prayer for your wife? And he was quiet for a few moments and they said, he's never failed me yet, lass. I don't think he'll start now. On the day of Angus's funeral, his wife gave her life to Jesus. So a lifetime is don't give up, keep mm. praying, keep praying. A lifetime's not too long. That's right, that's right. What a beautiful story. God's not finished with any of us yet. He's yeah. not finished with our kids yet. He's no. not finished with our spouse yet. And that's, that's something to hang on to. Sheila, sometimes we think of prayer as uh, reciting a list of things that we're really hoping that God will do or at least consider. But you talk about prayer being a two-way conversation. Mm -hmm. How do I listen to someone when I can't hear a voice like I'm hearing yours right now? Yeah. And sometimes I've, I've, I'll be honest, I've been down on my knees and saying, God, just send me a text. Here's my number. Just in the, right, or, or, or just, just how do you have a two-way conversation when you feel like you're not hearing anything? One of the great ways that I start, and I've done this, I started it during the pandemic because I found myself kind of spiraling again during the pandemic with depression. And I read something by Athanasius who, was, who wrote in the fourth century. And he said, whereas most of scripture speaks to us, the Psalms speak for us. So every mm -hmm. morning I read three Psalms out loud. I go out onto my balcony and I read three Psalms out loud because it's yes. so good for my ears to hear what my eyes are reading. And you'll yes. find if you're sad, you'll find yourself in the Psalms. If you're rejoicing, you'll find yourself in the Psalms. And then just sit in the beauty of that and allow the spirit to, to minister to your heart. Sheila, you've also talked about the simplicity of a prayer that consists of just one word. Yes. You don't have to go on and on with these lengthy soliloquies to impress God with the sincerity of your heart. Sometimes in the midst of your despair, you can just cry out the word Jesus. It's one of the most powerful prayers in the world. I went into, when my son was in lower school, I went into his classroom and, and taught just a little bit. But then I said, if you're in a tough place, you're, you're in the playground and somebody's bullying or something's happening, the most powerful prayer is, is Jesus. And I got so many letters from those children later on. One girl said, sometimes my mom and dad fight at night and I go to my bedroom 
and I get down on my knees and I simply pray, Jesus. Mm. I couldn't help but notice the universal acceptance of prayer in that moment where that NFL player oh. dropped to the field and where others like coaches on football fields get on a knee to pray and get sued or get fired. When that happened, the, the, the announcers prayed, the nation was praying, the, the, the players on both of the teams were praying. Yeah. And it was like, when the, when, when, you know, when the stakes are high and it gets down mm -hmm. to a matter of life and death for someone that we care about, prayer is, it just seems to be instinctive where we go. You could tell everyone was shaken. That's right. My husband and I were watching the game. I mean, it was just, everyone was shaken. But I love the fact that so often something that, not that that was the intention of the enemy, but so often something that could be destructive, that God will use even those. I think so many people were brought back into a place of understanding the, the weight of prayer and the power of prayer. And even the young football player himself, you know, was so moved by the fact that that was the first response. It was, let's pray. Yeah, when people perceive that prayer is required, uh, it, is, it is unstoppable. If right. you tried to stop that announcer and say, no, you can't pray, remember that this group over here is gonna come sue you, everyone would have just pounced on that guy and said, yeah. that's insensitive of you, of course he needs prayer. Yeah. We're going to heaven yeah. and we're drawn down on the, the power of the Almighty. Uh, don't you care about people? And what we need to understand, I think, Sheila, is that prayer is always required. I know. But we just don't always yeah. perceive it. No. It's always needed for our families, for our yeah. relationships, for our country, for our jobs, for everything. But that's what I'm praying for 2023, Kurt. I am praying for a holy boldness and yes. courage to rise up amidst God's children. People are not gonna, I mean, yeah, you'll get criticism. Yeah, you might get canceled, but, but there's something. Our nation is dying for the lack of people who look like they're living. I'd rather be canceled and criticized uh, by the world and be accepted and promoted by God. 